illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half in the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgate. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgate headquarters, I'm your host and the big bald guy behind the grill, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me as always from Twin Pines Vineyards and Airbnb, the director of thermodynamic lipid immersion, my co-host and brother, the Beach. Beach, how are you doing today? Doing okay. You know, I was just thinking, you're always firmly ensconced there. You've brought this up before. Have I? Yes. Yeah, that, that hasn't changed. Still firmly ensconced. It's an homage. An homage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, doing good, Billy. Up here at here, up here at the vineyard. Got my uh, my grapes netted last week. So, they you know otherwise they run away. Yeah. Net them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're netted. Hopefully, hopefully harvest the crop here in about a week or so. They run away in the belly of birds. Yeah, so so far no birds this year. But you know, if I didn't net them, I would have birds. Yeah. Uh, but you know, you put nets on them, the birds just don't show. It's it's the way the system works. So they sent some grapes out for testing to see how the sugar content is. Nice. And and uh, they'll probably do another test here uh, later this week and probably pick in a week or two. Cool. So exciting stuff. Nice. In case you're curious, in case anybody out there in uh, in podcast land is wondering, uh, it's a Pinot Noir. The variety is called Swan. They're a, I don't know, they're a purple grape, red grape. Yeah, I don't know. I don't drink wine. They're a Noir yeah, well, grape. The 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 irony of my life, you know, is you know, hey, you go out and tailgate like crazy, yeah, but yeah, not much of a drinker. But you have a vineyard, yeah. I don't like wine. <laughs> Yeah, I like, well, that. Irony of life. I like that. Like yeah. that. Not much of a drinker. Yeah, that's an overstatement. Love <laughs> you. Like, oh, you like wine? No, really, can't stand it. Um, <laughs> barely can take the stuff in church. <laughs> so anyway, um, 
So anyway, but good, good. Uh, it was a great weekend. Just celebrated dad's birthday. So that was pretty awesome today. Yeah. Yeah. We celebrated yeah. today, but his birthday is actually Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. He, he will be 75. Yep. Three quarters of a century. Crazy, 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 crazy. So the, the, the world keeps a turning and keeps going around the sun. So anyway, how was your weekend, Billy? Pretty good. It wasn't a perfect weekend. It was but not it was a, a good weekend. This is true. Yeah. This is true. Well, so, the purpose of the league. Pur- what is it? What is our purpose, Billy? The purpose of illegal participation is for us to talk beaver sports, tailgating, and anything else we find interesting every week and just generally kind of screw around. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, most other podcatchers. If you'd like to get in touch with us, HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com, at HeinrichTailgator on X, and HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. And Beach, Billy, we got an email from the listener Monty. Really? Yes, we did. This is exciting. And and what does said email say? His email is entitled FTD. Ooh, I do know what that acronym means. Yes, 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 you do. So, Monty says, this thing working? This thing on? Raw dog the ducks. Wow, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that and all the email was that was what the email said oh well thank you listener monty appreciate that yeah you've met monty uh, when have i met monty he's, come out, he's, he's come out to tailgaters before oh, okay okay yeah well there's a lot of people i see at the tailgaters and i always don't always know their names it's all good it's all good so well that's cool well appreciate appreciate the email otherwise we wouldn't have an email section in this episode <laughs> <laughs> yeah kyle hasn't even emailed us uh, really? He's been pick, pulled in and sent in his picks yet? No, he has not. Oh, well, hopefully they come in. Does he know we're recording? Probably not. I'll, oh. I'll message him right now. I was going to say he should know this. Or maybe he's still trying to plan his trip to uh, Wazoo for this weekend. Uh, that's two weeks. Oh, sorry, two weeks. Forgot. We still got this jumping. I'm, I'm totally overlooking San Diego State. How dare I? Yeah, he's got a lot of things going on right now, so. All right, Beach, ready to talk a little bit of Beaver sports? Uh, yeah. Okay. First up, we have some women's volleyball. Uh, getting a visual? Okay, go ahead. Well, the Beavs uh, have started out a pretty good 2023 season, um, including they had just had... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Re- repeat that one more time, Billy. The, the Beavers women's volleyball team is doing what? Pretty well. Are you... We're not in Bizarro Land, are we? No, they're doing pretty well. Oh, son of a bitch! New coach, looking new coach? Pretty good. Yeah, including they just had three consecutive wins, including sweeps over Oklahoma and Brand Boise new coach? and Boise State. Brand new coach. Um, I think this is their second year. Oh, okay. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Shocking. I'm, I'm, if I wasn't sitting down, I would have fallen off. I would have yep. fallen on the floor. Well, then on Friday, Beach. The volleyball team swept the competition on day one of the Riverside Classic, reverse sweeping Nevada before sweeping host UC Riverside. What's a reverse sweep? Well, it means they lost the first two games and then oh. won the next three. Oh, okay, okay. 
to, to win the match. Okay. Uh, but then on Saturday afternoon, Beavs, the Beavs did have a heartbreaking five-set loss to Cal Baptist. Mm. The Beavs and Lancers split the first four sets before the hosts took the final set and the match in the fifth. But still an impressive effort. Yeah. So the Beavs are now 5-3 and three overall. And they'll meet Portland State on September 14th, this upcoming Thursday, at 7 p.m. And that beads will be shown on an OSU live stream. Is this something that we're doing now? Live streaming? Yeah. Um, they've been live streaming a lot of sports, um, at least what, through the last year or two. What? Why? And I mean, I don't mean to sound stupid here, because uh, I I don't have the Pac-12 network. But why don't they put that stuff on the Pac-12 network? Um, because they can't put everything on the Pac-12 network. Okay, but, but you can and, live and you maybe, can live stream it through the Beaver app. Okay, maybe I'm jumping the horse here, but is that something like they would have done had Apple taken over? Would they have all those sports available to watch? I don't know what the plan was. The thing is, okay. you know, they have as they upgrade facilities, they put in production facilities so they can actually, you know, film these things. Okay. So like fixed fixed cameras and stuff. Is yeah. that what it is? Yeah, well okay. cameras and you know, just set it up so they can actually film it and and produce it. So well, be, be, it makes, it makes cool putting would, on a live stream pretty easy. Because how cool would it be if you had like Pac twelve plus, right? And you open up the app and then it says pick your school and you pick your school and it says pick your sport and you pick your sport and you can look at all the sports that of all the games of that particular week or month of, of that team. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. And and play them and play them as you're as you want to. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, that's probably where everything's heading, isn't it? I mean, isn't that what Apple was trying to do? Kinda. Yeah. No, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Because because you don't have time to watch all these sports when they're happening, but how cool would it be that you could just pick and choose and, again, select the team you want if it was all in the same conference? Mm-hmm. Of course, it'll be really cool if they do this next year because then they'll only have to worry about – we'll only have to be worrying about scrolling through two different teams in the conference. But anyway – Okay, moving on. <laughs> let's talk. Let's talk a little bit of women's soccer. Okay, again, visual. Oh, I love women's soccer. I didn't see the ladies there practicing yesterday or Saturday. Uh, no, they were not. Well, the Missouri State women's soccer team overcame an early deficit to take a three-to-two victory over UC River. Uh, excuse me, UC Irvine Thursday evening at Lorenz Field. Carly Carahar, McKenna Martinez, and Valerie Tobias all found the net for the Beavs. Martinez's strike brought her goal-scoring streak to three consecutive games and moves her into sole possession of sixth place on the Beavers' career goal list of 25. Wow. Tobias netted her second of the season, while Carraher's marker was the first of her collegiate career. If she's number six, I mean, she's got a good chance of being number one. So you got a lot of season left. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, uh, UC Riverside, is this non-conference? Yes. Okay. So are there any, are, are all 12 teams got women's soccer? No. Okay. So there are, there are a couple of non, non-standard Pac-12 teams playing in that conference? Correct. For, okay. And Beach, uh. The Beavs are 3-2-2 two, and two on the season, and they actually played today as we're recording this, um, hosting Montana, but that score has not been posted yet. Okay. And I we'll don't know how... what it was. Okay. Well, 
hopefully they hopefully they did well. Actually, strike that. That game is in a week on September seventeenth. <laughs> you act like you know so much. Well, it said Sunday, but then I looked at my calendar at what the seventeenth is, and that it's the Sunday next Sunday. Okay. Well, good luck to them next Sunday. Yep. Next we'll up, have some of the, we'll have some of the report on our next podcast. There you go. Uh, let's talk some men's soccer. Okay. So the Oregon State men's soccer team fell to Seattle, two to one Thursday evening in Seattle. Vico Seattle, Seattle University. Okay. The Red Hawks, I believe. All right. Vico Castro netted his third goal of the season. Um, a first half goal that gave the Beavs an early lead, but the Red Hawks were able to battle back from there, scoring twice in the second half to take the victory. The Beavs are now three and two overall and will open conference play next Thursday when they head to Cal. Nice. Okay. Well, let's see how they do against Cal. Okay. Next up, cross country. Running for fun. How's that going? Well, Beavs Oregon State got a strong performances across the board to pick up a season-opening win at the Linfield Harrier Classic. The Beavs got three top 10 and seven top 20 performances from their official competitors in the 4K Rust Buster. Was this, was this in McMinnville? Correct. Okay. Transfer Sage Brooks picked up third. Abigail Pradier sixth. Lead uh, and led the way, followed by sophomore returners Kate Laurent, who took seventh, Tegan Knox twelfth, and Jamie Hamlin fourteenth. Like you're, you're coming in fourteen, fourteen out of how many? A lot. Okay. Yeah. Top top twenty is good. Okay. So the bees return to action on September twenty second when they head to Springfield, Oregon, for the Dillinger uh, Dillinger Invite. Alrighty. Don't look forward to going down south to, to Springfield because it stinks like communism down there. But you know what? Uh, hopefully they'll do well. And, Beads, we're going to finish off the news segment with a little bit of football news. Okay. Oregon State quarterback DJ, I'm going to try and get it, Uwe Ugale, I think that's it, a junior from Oregon State, uh, was selected as the week one man. Will be Ugalele? Yui Ugale. Ugale. Okay. Ugalele. Ugale. Yui Ugalele. Yeah. I think I thought you were doing the the, the end wrong. I think it's Ugalele. Yeah. Like, yeah, like there's two L's. Yeah, yeah. Y- yeah. Yui Ugalele. Mm-hmm. Um, he was selected as the week one Manning Award quarterback of the week. Here in the yard honor over seven other Manning Award stars of the week in the Allstate Sugar Bowls social media contest. Fantastic. Yeah. He's been played great. I agree. So his, um, I mean, our offense has been looking great. He's been hitting well. Um, and I've even been impressed with Childs, uh, you know, going in uh, towards the end. Childs has been looking fantastic. So. Are you there? Yes. Are you drinking water? No. What were you doing? Drinking Diet Dr. Pepper. Okay. I always think of Will Ferrell. What does she do up there? What does she do? Yeah, from from uh, what is it? What was that? Uh, not Wedding Crashers. Oh, was it Old School? Old School. I think right. so. Yeah, that's a great movie. It's got uh, Alicia Cutthurt or whatever her name is in that thing. <sighs> she was so hot. 
Anyway, moving on. What do we got, Billy? Quit drinking the Dr. Pepper. I'm not drinking anything, Beach. I got, I got, Oh, Bill. Yes, Peach. Do you hear I do. <laughs> Everybody heard it a long time before you did. Oh, oh I'm like, uh, you know, uh, the, the the speakers in the stadium were a little loud. I'm a little deaf tonight. Hold 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 on. Hold on. Billy. Yes, Peach. This just in. Local Eugene proctologists are booked out all week at the request of the U of O athletic department. Following Saturday night's game versus Texas Tech, Oregon's athletic director and his associates scheduled physicals for the entire football team and coaching staff. They are wanting to understand how they pulled uh, that win out of their ass on Saturday. <laughs> this has been your Heinrich Tailgater update from Eugene. All righty then. Well, Beach, since we're wondering how they pulled their win out of their butts, maybe we should go under further review for week number two in the Pac-12. After further review, the runner did cross the line. Touchdown! That was a wonderful segue, and we didn't even plan it. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. Well, what was the first game? I'm assuming the Ducks wasn't the first game for the week. What was the first game for the week? Okay, Beach. Well, all the games were on Saturday, September 9th, going mm-hmm. into this week. Um, Kyle and I were tired at 9 out of 12 on our picks. Mm-hmm. You were in second place with 8 out of 12. Wouldn't that be third place? Yeah, third place. All right, Beach. First up, Oregon at Baylor. Uh, uh, Utah at Baylor. Utah at Baylor. Uh, I got... Oh, hold on. No, Oregon at Texas Tech. Oregon Sorry. at... So they are the first one. Okay. They are the first one, yeah. Well, so it looks like Beach and Kyle took Texas Tech. Why, Billy, because he freaking wants to give... Uh, he, he wants to, uh, I was going to say bitch, it's a blow job, but that wouldn't work very well. Um, but whoever coaches, uh, and it's not even crystal bottom. I don't even know who the hell coaches the ducks. They go through them like freaking candy, but you want to give their coach a blow job. So you pick them while Kyle and I are, you know, don't love the cock like you do. So we pick Texas tech. His name's Dan Lanning. <laughs> you know his name? <laughs> I don't even care. Well, Beach, Oregon quarterback. <laughs> I just want the sons of bitches to lose. I, I don't do need too. to know names. <laughs> I do too, but I've got to pick what I got to pick what I think he's going to win, not who I want yeah, to win. Sure, sure. You really root for them. So, Beach, Oregon quarterback <laughs> Bo Nix threw for 359 yards and two yeah, touchdowns. You, you probably took you probably took the money to support Bo Nix the other day. Jeffrey Bossa had a 45-yard interception return for a score in the final minute, and the Ducks rallied for a 38-30 victory over Texas Tech on Saturday night. It, now, it's like Texas Tech cooked it. I mean, they literally owned it, and they effed it up. Well, Beach, Texas Tech starting quarterback 
and ex-Duck quarterback Tyler Shug threw for three TDs and ran for 101 yards, but he was also responsible for four turnovers as the Red Raiders' school record 23-game winning streak in home openers ended. So disappointing. Yep. I mean, disappointing on so many levels. And he actually had an interception in the final minute after the Ducks had taken a one-point lead that was returned for a touchdown and basically sealed the game for Oregon. Yeah, just a pick six right then and there. Yep. Damn it. I, I really, really was rooting for him. I mean, we were we were watching it from the stands at Reeser and uh, so badly wanted to, to, to see an upset. Yep. Well, there's always next week, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so you uh, get the win there, but Kyle and I will keep our pride because we didn't have to get on our knees. Anyway, so next up. Next up, Beach, Utah at Baylor. Utah at Baylor. Looks like you and I went with Utah while Kyler, Kyle is a Baylor man. Well, Beach, Utah redshirt freshman quarterback Nate Johnson, given the chance in the qu- fourth quarter to take all the snaps, capped a 15-play 88-yard drive with a 7-yard keeper for a touchdown with a minute 59 left. Then the Utes took their only lead on Jalen Glover's 11-yard TD run with 17 seconds remaining to escape Baylor with a 20-13 win in a matchup of future Big 12 foes, both missing their starting quarterback. Wow. Where's Utah starting quarterback? Uh, Cam Rising still hasn't played. He hurt his knee last year in the Rose Bowl. Think uh, they're just saving him for, for a conference? I think they're saving him until he's healthy enough to play. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's, I mean, that's a long freaking time. That's 10, what, nine months? Yeah. Wow. Yep. Okay. So, so looks you, like, you and uh, I picked up the win there. Okay. Okay, Beach. Next up, these are old foes when they were both in the uh, Big 12 together. Nebraska at Colorado. And they will be back playing conference games next year, correct? No. Where'd Colorado go? They're going to the Big 12. Nebraska's in the Big 10. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, All of us took Colorado. We all uh, we all took uh, Dion. Yeah, because Nebraska just ain't that good. Colorado quarterback Shadur Sanders accounted for three scores. The defense forced four turnovers, and the 22nd-ranked Buffaloes beat longtime rival Nebraska 36-14 on Saturday in the home debut of Deion Sanders at sold-out Folsom Field. After Coach Prime's team was the story of Week 1 with an upset of TCU, the Buffs showed it was no fluke. They even used a slightly different blueprint this week, one that relied on the defense early until the offense found its rhythm. So defense shut them down until offense started connecting yeah wow you, you know i'm with you though i i just i haven't seen anything good out of nebraska since i mean how long ago did riley coach him five years ago yeah they they and and four years he, ago yeah and and he came in because they weren't very good before him they were okay so is is it coaching is it bad recruiting 
combination thereof? I think a little bit of both. I think also being the Big Ten is hard. Mm. You got a lot of good institutions there. And I, for a long time, and I like Nebraska. Mm-hmm. But Well, you went to their game, of, what is that, 10 years ago? Yeah, but there's a lot of it. They were, they had a once-in-a-lifetime coach in Tom Osborne who was a phenomenal football coach. And I think they're still trying to live up to those glory days. How long was he coached for? 20 years. Is that is that what took him through the 80s and made him that dominant force in the 80s? Yeah, 80s, 90s. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I I always remember Nebraska being I, I didn't watch I, I didn't watch college football back then, but I just remember always hearing Nebraska being such a dominant force back in those days. Let's see. Osborne coached the Huskers from seventy three to ninety seven. Wow. Yeah. It was a good run. He just uh, and he retired, or did he start losing his his mojo? Uh, he retired and then went to Congress. Oh, really? Yeah. A little, little bit of a Tommy Tuberville. He served three terms from 01 to 07. You, you know, when you think about it, though, look at your, your coach. Everybody knows your name, you know. And he was and, beloved. And he was a great coach. Yeah. yeah. So, and, you know, part of being uh, being in Congress is being a good leader. So it probably comes natural, you know. Yeah. All right, so all three of us, all three of us got the win there. Okay, next up was Tulsa, Tulsa versus at, at Washington. Washington. Yeah, we all took the Huskies on this one. Well, Beach, Washington quarterback Michael Penix Jr. threw three more TD passes. Wide receivers Romo Dones and Jalen Polk both ran for touchdowns on reverses. And Washington cruised past Tulsa 43 to 10 on Saturday. The Huskies warmed up for next week's big non-conference game at Michigan State with another big game from its star quarterback, but an overall performance by the Huskies that will have some correctable moments to talk about this week. So they played well, but they weren't perfect. Hmm. Well, you know, at the end of the day, a W is a W. Mm-hmm. And that's the, what matters the most, right? Yeah. I mean, you you can have the you you can play like hell, but if you got to win at the end of the day, who cares? I agree. You know, that the next week's a brand new game and you can play better then. I mean, it doesn't really matter as long as you got the W. Yep. So, okay. Well, cool. At least we, uh, at least we all picked the winner there. And it looks like next up was uh, Wisconsin at Wazoo. Yep. And from my little chicken scratches here, looks like uh, Beach and Kyle went with Wazoo, but Billy, Billy picked Wisconsin. How did that work out for you, Billy? You know, up to this point, Beach, you've already lost, missed one, and Kyle's missed two. I have not. Billy, missed we're any. not talking about me. We're not talking about Kyle. We're talking about you. Well, Beach, Washington State quarterback Cameron Ward passed for 212 yards and two TDs and added another 43 yards rushing. Nakia Watson scored on a one-yard run with 5:30 remaining, and Washington State upset number 19 Wisconsin 31 to 22 on Saturday night. Now Ward scrambled for runs of 23 yards and 14 yards during a pivotal fourth quarter drive to help the Cougs avoid a second half meltdown and beat the Badgers for the second straight season. Watson capped the drive with his one yard plunge. Now Washington state hosted its first power five 
non-conference opponent since 1998 and played his first home game since the collapse of the Pac-12 this summer. Now, facing an uncertain future as a Power 5 program, Washington State put on a show in the first half to race to a 24-6 lead. So since 1998, I think that's kind of crazy because, you know, the Beavs have hosted in that time Wisconsin. They -hmm. also hosted Oklahoma State. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think if they've hosted any other Power 5 teams. I don't think any others. They're supposed to host Purdue, I believe, at some point. So Wisconsin doesn't have any problem playing good competition for non-conference if they've played us and Wazoo. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, no, that's awesome. We'll go places to play. So one of the coolest things, if we can do a sidestep here, was those shirts that they were wearing at the the Wazoo game. With the cougar emblem, the Uh logo with the crossed cutlasses below it so they look like pirate shirts. Yeah, kind of like a Jolly Jolly Roger flag, uh, but but with the Coug logo instead of the skull. Yeah. And it was to honor uh, late coach Mike Leach who passed away in December. Yeah, that was, that was, that was, I thought that was good. I, you know, even though he left their, their um, um, program before he passed away, it's neat to see that they still have a lot of respect for the man and what he did for that school. Because I think he, he really led them to uh, notoriety during those years. Mm Mm-hmm. I agree. He so, was always fun to watch. I, I still remember watching a little bit of a brief documentary on him before one of the games uh, on game day where they showed him taking the walk from his house to the university every morning to the, to the stadium for, for practice. Mm-hmm. He was an, you know, I, I, he was an odd duck, but he was himself. He was very much himself. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't say that, uh, he was trying to pretend to be anything he wasn't. He was just, he, he was who he was. So it was cool, cool deal to see them celebrate. Anyway, so uh, looks like uh, Kyle and I got the point there, and, and Billy failed to get a point. So anyway, next up, Billy. Next up, Beach would be Arizona at Mississippi State. Ooh, how'd this one turn out? I'm, I'm Who'd you take, Beach? Um, who'd you I take? Took Arizo- I took Arizona. Who did Kyle and I take? You took Mississippi State. Huh. Well, you know. Well, Beach, Arizona quarterback Jaden. Del- what? Oh, no, nothing, nothing, nothing. Arizona quarterback Jaden Delora scrambled on Dick. fourth and ten. An he official did. review confirmed him just inches short of a first down in overtime. And Mississippi State held on for a 31-24 overtime win over the Wildcats on Saturday night. Now, the Bulldogs had taken the lead in the first possession of overtime on a 29-yard screen pass from Will Rogers to Jeffrey Pittman. He was a couple inches short? Yeah, you know that feeling. I was going to say, your wife tells you that all the time. My hand never complains. Is that why they call you little hands? Oh, wow. Wow. No. Big hands, big feet. Yeah. All right. Next up, Beach. UCLA at San Diego State. Ooh. Well, Kyle and I, we, we, uh, we pick bitch tits. You, on the other hand, pick San Diego State. Billy, how did that work out? <laughs> 
UCLA quarterback Dante Moore threw for 290 yards and three TDs in his second college game. And TJ Harden had a 53-yard scoring run for UCLA, which used big plays to overpower San Diego State 35-10 on Saturday night. Now, although UCLA coach Chip Kelly won't say it, Moore, an 18-year-old from Detroit who completed 17 of 27 passes, appears to have won the quarterback competition against Ethan Garbers, with the Bruins' Pac-12 opener coming up in two weeks against two-time defending champion Utah. The Bruins, uh, the Bruins outgained the Aztecs 550 to 259. Wow. So, so uh, going back to the quarterback situation, um, what what is is this the the more senior quarterback or the younger no? Quarterback? He's a true freshman. And the other one is a senior. Uh, Garbers, I don't know if he's a senior, but he's played for them for a couple years. Wow, but yeah. he got trumped. Yeah. Well, he was the backup last year to. Oh, whatever his name was, that was a starter. That's in the NFL but, now. But either way, they've got two really good quarterbacks sitting there. They've got two quarterbacks sitting there. Okay. Two very comparable quarterbacks sitting there. Possibly. Possibly. Okay. All right. Well, cool. So two, two, uh, a point for uh, Kyle and Beege. No points for Billy. And then on to the only Pac-12 conference game this week, Stanford at uh, the University of Spoiled Children. Correct. And we all took USC. Mm -hmm. Was that a good decision? USC quarterback Caleb Williams passed for 281 yards and three TDs and ran for another score while playing only the first half. Zachariah Branch returned a punt 75 yards for a TD, and number six USC routed Stanford's 56-10 on Saturday night. Marshawn Lloyd and Austin Jones also rushed for scores, and Dorian Singer, Brendan Rice, and... Lake McCree caught TD passes while their Heisman Trophy winner led USC to one of the most prolific first halves in school history. Stanford does not look good. I'm assuming not great. This, you, this is the first, this is the first year of their new coach, right? Correct. And that's the last year, the last time that Stanford and USC are scheduled to play each other. And that's USC's longest rival. Really? Yeah. They've been playing for like a hundred years. Wow. Because they were founding members of the Pac-12? Yeah. Hmm. And they will no longer be in the same conference. Well, you know, um, there's really nobody to blame well, except USC. Yep. Um, anyway, well, we, uh, we all got the point there. Next up looks like Auburn at Cal. Okay. Auburn quarterback Peyton Th – who did everybody pick, Beach? Oh, it looks like Kyle and I picked Cal. You picked Auburn. Oh, I did? You did. Oh. Well, Auburn quarterback Peyton Thorne threw a five-yard touchdown pass to Rivaldo Fairweather following Cal's third missed field goal of the game, and the Tigers rallied for a 14-10 victory on Saturday night. The Golden Bears had a chance to come back after Jaquez Hunter lost a fumble for Auburn at the Tigers' 41 with four minutes left. Cal drove down to the 15, but got backed up by a holding penalty, and then Sam Jackson, the fifth, threw an interception in the end zone on 4th and 13 with a minute 44 to play. Hmm. So I guess that means that I get the point there. I guess. Huh. I mean, if you really think that's all that important, I mean, if this is that big of a deal to you. So. I mean, I like to think there's more important things than just counting points. For it that. looks like so far I've missed two. Mm-hmm. 
Kyle's missed three, and you've missed three. Hmm. So. Well. Yeah, but we all know that you cheat. So. Okay. <clears throat> I mean, well, so that, let, but. let's look at the last game that we picked for the week: Oklahoma State at Arizona State. Ooh. Uh, looks like Beach picked ASU, and Kyle and you picked Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State quarterback Garrett Rangel found a wide open Brendan. I, I, I hate I hate when you start off with the team that I did not pick. Found a wide open Brendan Presley on a 16 yard touchdown pass late in the fourth quarter, after Oklahoma State's final fourth down stop, clinching a 27 to 15 win over the Sun Devils on Saturday night. The Sun Devils labored offensively for the second straight week, finishing with just 277 total yards. Freshman Jaden Rashada had some good moments early at quarterback. Some shaky ones later to finish with 167 yards and a touchdown on 16 of 29 passing with an interception. Does this make you feel good, Billy? Does it make you feel well, good that you're better than everybody else? So does this help your ego? It looks like. Are you like, feeling good? Does it feel good? So it looks like we had 10 games. I hope you're proud of yourself. Looks like you got six right. Kyle got seven right, and I got eight right. I hope I hope I hope you sleep better now tonight, knowing that you're better than everybody else. So Must be good. looks like uh, total beads. You're at fourteen out of twenty-two. Mm-hmm. Kyle is at sixteen out of twenty-two. You didn't I'm, say you hate Kyle. And I'm at I don't hate Kyle. I hate you. And, <laughs> and I'm at seventeen out of twenty-two. You had to go poke the bear, you bastard. So you were such a did. dick at the tailgater to me last yesterday. <laughs> I was bagging on you the whole time. All right, Beach. Last up game of the week, the game we did not pick, although we always would pick Oregon State anyway. UC Davis at Oregon State. And we how did that one turn out, Billy? Let's get the synopsis. Well, Beach, Damian Martinez ran for a 64-yard touchdown on Oregon State's first offensive play setting the tone in the 16th-ranked Beavers' 55-7 victory over UC Davis on Saturday. Silas Bolden had a 65-yard punt return for a TD and a 22-yard scoring reception in the second quarter as Oregon State extended its 14-0 first-quarter lead to 38 to nothing at half. Now, in his second starts for the Beavs, DJ Uigalele completed 8 of 13 passes for 170 yards and two touchdowns and ran for score. He did not play in the second half. The Clemson transfers accounted for five TD passes and three rushing scores in two games. The Beavs also were able to get quality playing time for backup quarterback Aiden Childs, who played the entire second half and completed 9 of 13 passes for 74 yards and a touchdown and added 42 yards rushing and a TD. For the game, the Beavs had 450 total yards to 169 for UC Davis, which scored a touchdown with 5.06 remaining to avoid a shutout. On the day, Oregon State's defense had three sacks and forced two turnovers, and I believe they had 13 total tackles for a loss. Hmm. Well, they, they, they played well. They did. They played well. That, that game went exactly as I would have thought it would going into that game. Mm-hmm. They, uh, Beavs went out, squashed, uh, FCS team like they should. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, again, they didn't run a lot of crazy stuff. 
they kept it pretty kept it pretty vanilla yeah pretty close to home yeah yep um but went out and dominated Mm -hmm. um like they should yeah so uh the one bad thing and a lot of it too you could see that they were running a lot of it they're almost running as like a controlled scrimmage uh-huh. Yeah. Um, it felt that way. They they there was one point what I found disappointing where they were trying to run a two minute offense and that just kind of fell apart. So that was the one thing I didn't like. But for mm-hmm. the most part, you know, they would run things you can tell they were running almost like a practice. Mm-hmm. Like we've got this in hand, let's run some things and see how our guys do um taking real fire here and, and how they do in, in real game situations. Mm-hmm. So, it was great. Yeah, I was surprised they uh, like they they did that re-kick. Again, I think that was more like practice for him. No, no, it was just that that's kind of what what sealed it for me. It was like, wow, you know, you you just didn't t- and and actually it paid off for us because I think we had a heck of a run back on the second kick. Yeah, they ended up getting like twenty more yards. Yeah, but uh, that was that was just surprising. You know, I always remember you always say never take points off the board. Yeah, and so granted, this was a kick; it wasn't points. But it was a sure, you know, it was a sure thing as far as where the ball is going to be placed. And they had pretty good field yeah. position with it. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't bad. And I was a little surprised they went for it. But also with the fact that you are so far ahead, it gives, like you said, another opportunity to to uh, perfect their their performance. Correct. So, but that was that was interesting. I, I it was like I said, never never seen it before. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, what'd you think of the stadium, Beach? You know, so I didn't get very far. So uh, I walked in with uh, Greg after the tailgater and we immediately went up the escalators and then went up the second set of escalators, got to our seats. What section are we in? 229, I think. Okay, 229. And so I didn't I didn't even go down to that Beaver Street area where all the restaurants are at. Didn't even see any of that area. The the stadium was fairly full for Mm. a non-conference first of the season school's not in session game it was a sellout uh, how can can i ask a stupid question sure there was a lot of empty seats up like in the visitor section and stuff so how do they claim that as a sellout because not everybody has to be in their seats anymore oh okay because gotcha. people have always been able like on the other side been able to be in the club area yeah and watching the game and now okay. you can be down on that beaver street area Okay, you know, it, it, I didn't think about that. Or they're down in the the area there in front of the Valley Center. Yeah, they got that whole area. There is a lot of area where you can just congregate, isn't there? Tons. Yeah. yeah. Wow, never never thought about that before. Uh, and I think you said you went down to the Beaver Street area when it was incredibly busy, correct? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot and of you know, and, and honestly, so the only thing that I did was after we got up and sat down, I didn't really move from my chair, other than in the fourth quarter I used the restroom and. What was cool in the restroom was that they're broadcasting the uh, park, the um, the the Parker, Mike Parker's uh, play by play, play by play in the in the bathroom. So you know, um, you're 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 uh, holding your junk, uh, relieving yourself, or in your case, you know, kind of holding it with two fingers because you know there's just not a whole lot there to hold onto. But um, yeah, and uh, you can hear his uh, his broadcast going on. Did you yeah. see what I did there? No, like I said, I like the stadium. I heard there was kind of some long waits for the food and some things like that. I didn't well, get any food, so I don't know. But it's also a brand new stadium. 
first, yeah, first game, there's going to be some hiccups. I, I was going to say, it's like going into the, the first day of a restaurant opens and they're, they, they tend to be overstaffed and still incompetent because they don't know how the operation goes. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, the one section that kind of surprised me is right at the, the top up the second escalator, there was a, a ton of uh, coolers full yeah. of water and stuff. And I thought that was supposed to be like a grab and go thing, but instead there was like two little checkout areas there and it, it looked like it was difficult yeah, so, I don't know. To, to process out. So, but again, that could be, cause you know, yeah, I, I, get, I mean, I'm, look, I'm empo- looking at and getting the employees trained on how to do it and also getting yeah. the, the crowd trained on how it works. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at the thing going, wouldn't it just be easier to have like, 20 vending machines right there and just have the person swipe his card, push the button and walk out as opposed to open up the cooler, grab your beverage and then sit and wait while you're in line with 20 other people trying to pay for a stupid soda. So kind of agree on that one. Yeah. I was, I was a little surprised that they couldn't come up with a better system than big ass coolers and two, two, two registers. Yeah. So, um, but the only thing I thought, um, stadium wise, the, the sound system wasn't the greatest, but I don't think that was done. But I still think it was better than the crappy speakers that hang above the the old side. I agree. Um, it and just, then, just echoed a little bit. It was kind of yeah. hard to hear sometimes. But they had some like temporary speaker set up down by the Valley Center. Yeah, I didn't know if those were temporary or if those were permanent. They're going to put like covers over them. I couldn't tell. I think they're <laughs> temporary. Okay. But then the other thing that I pointed out to you when we're sitting there, because it was still the daytime. But we would score, and all the lights would do this weird crap up there. And I'm like, I'm like, look, the lights are doing something weird. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so and, we're going to choreograph and, light thing when the beef score. Yeah. And then as soon as it got dark and they went off, it was freaking cool. It was cool. Although I mean, there's going to the, be people having seizures. The, there's going to be people yeah. having seizures in the stands. <laughs> yeah, but but it was it was very cool. And then at one point in time, uh, somebody posted a picture on, I don't know if it was on Pure Orange or what, but – like the stadium looked all orange with the yeah. way they lit it up. Yeah. So I think they took, cause like you got ribbons around the whole stadium. Now the, the light bar ribbons, whatever you want to call those where they do the advertisements, but they turned them all orange. They turned the screen or, you know, orange background, whatever it was. And the, the whole freaking thing just glowed of orange that, uh, for a few seconds it looked beautiful. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I was surprised how many students were there. I mean, the student section was packed and I mean, I remember years where, before uh before school was in you'd only see maybe half to three quarters full of the student section i agree for a football game so that was a little uh pleasantly surprising that 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 many students are here and that many students want to come to a game so so that was cool um other than that i was i was i was thrilled and then the other thing too is there was a bottleneck getting in on the one end yeah on that one line there was but we went right through yeah, yeah, it helps not carrying in any bags. People with bags screw everything up. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, so no, I think uh, I think it was. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm. I oh well, I I just like the new seats. We we have great seats. Yes. I mean, we have we have seat backs for the first time ever. We have cup holders. Cup holders, and then on top of that, we're right up against the uh, the the railing that looks over. So we have nobody in front of us. Great view. Those two corner sections that were in one of those two corner sections 
they're bent to aim better towards the field. Yeah. So we've got a better view than we've ever had before, even though we're further south in the uh, stadium. But I think we're closer to the field. We're, we're closer to the field, and that angle is much better to watch the game at. I agree. So we're not facing straight. We're facing slightly, slightly curved, and it's just, just beautiful up there. I agree. So we and you know we got some great views right on the goal. I mean, you got great views on that goal line, so you can see when the when when it's penetrated. Just awesome. Mm-hmm. So I liked it. I like I said I really enjoyed the the whole game experience yesterday. Yeah, it was it was fun. Well, and we're we're only uh, we're now uh, well when this thing comes out, what are we going to be five days? But right now we're six days away from the next time we're going to be in the stadium. Yep. So not not that far away. All right, Beats, uh, the polls came out for week number two. And in the AP poll, for the first time ever, there is eight Pac-12 teams in the top 25. That's – do you see the irony at this point? Oh, yes. Okay, way to go, USC. Nice job. So, in the AP poll, you have USC at number five, Washington at number eight, Utah at 12, Oregon at 13, Oregon State at 16, Colorado at 18, Washington State in at 23, and wow. UCLA in at 24. Holy cow. Correct. So Cal and Stanford and Arizona and Arizona State are the only four that are not in the not in it? Correct. Is that right? Yep. Okay. Wow. They're all the ones that have taken a loss. Okay. And then in the coaches poll, we've got USC at five, Washington at eight, Utah at 12, Oregon 13, Oregon State 17, Colorado 21, UCLA 25, and Washington State is just on the outside at would would be 26. Hmm. That, that, that I saw the interview for the coach at Washington State, mm-hmm. and he, he was darn near in tears. He was so happy with the performance of his team. Yeah, they did a great job. It was it was kind of neat to to see him so so thrilled. So, but, uh, all right, Beach. Well, it is now time for the Tommy Tupperville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. <laughs> jackass of the week award. Every week, like discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. And I was kind of conflicted. But Please tell me it's Oregon. No. Um, oh. and this is all, well, here's what it is. So beach Michigan state head coach, Mel Tucker has been suspended and his job status going forward is in doubt amid an ongoing university sexual harassment investigation. Sources told ESPN on Sunday, secondary coach, Harlan Barnett will lead the program on an interim basis. Now, an an investigation into Tucker was launched months ago following a complaint by Brenda Tracy, a prominent sexual assault prevention advocate. Tracy claims Tucker sent her gifts, asked her if she would date him if he wasn't married, and masturbated without her consent during a phone call, according to a USA Today report. Now, any formal decision of Tucker's job status and the more than $77 million that remains on his contract isn't expected to be decided until a Title IX hearing uh, that's reported to begin on October 5th. A Title IX hearing? Yes. 
What's a Title IX hearing regarding? About sexual harassment. Is that oh, is that what that's the title? I thought Title IX was equality in sports. Uh huh. And sexual harassment. Oh, and sexual harassment. I guess. Okay, I just thought Title IX was that you had to have sports equality. I mean, sounds to me like he was making advances and she didn't want them. And it's a he said, she said. And I don't see how you got any. Well, uh, Beach, Tracy visited Michigan State on August 2021 and April 2022 to speak to the football team about preventing sexual misconduct. And, she and was, he told her, and, and he said, no way in hell are you going to talk to my kids. And it pissed her off, and now she's sabotaging him. And she was named an honorary captain at the team's spring football game during the April visit. After the game, Tracy said Tucker called her multiple times, asked repeatedly to meet him alone, and even suggested slipping into her hotel room through a back door so no one would see him. Now, Michigan State hired an outside Title IX attorney to investigate Tracy's complaint, which was filed last December. In March, a letter to the investigator, Tucker called their relationship mutually consensual and intimate, according to USA Today. In statements to the investigator, Tucker acknowledged masturbating on the call, but said the two had consensual phone sex. Tracy told the investigator that Tucker's romantic interest was one-sided. Sounds to me like he diddled her. Huh. I just think it's stupid. I I, I what, just what? get... Th- First of all, let's say it was consensual at some point. All right, let's just say something happened. Mm-hmm. That She's there for him. She is there as a sexual assault prevention person. Mm-hmm. She speaks out against sexual assault by athletes mm-hmm. because she was she she is was reportedly sexually assaulted at OSU by football players. Our OSU? Yes, back in 1999. This is her. Yes. So oh she goes God. out and speaks against this. What the hell would you even be doing? I, I don't know. You, I, the whole why, thing's why, why would up. Why would you Why would you go after her knowing that she's that kind of a girl? Yeah. Yeah, she's kind of toxic from just talking no, to I'm her. No, I'm not even saying toxic. I'm just saying... What What are you even thinking? Uh, what? Am, but again, I say... Yeah. What are you even thinking? I, I still just don't like the whole he said, she said crap. You know? I understand that. Yeah, but I, what what are you even trying to do? Yeah. Why would you even go down that road? Do you know what I mean? That's a fine piece of yeah. It's just wow. He's a bonehead. Yeah, he's not. He's not that bright, but you know, sometimes you don't think with the right head. Well, obviously, he wasn't. Yeah. Well, and you'd think he's married and all this other kind of crap. But exactly. Yeah, that that's where he really gets in. You're and, also the meet, leader of young men. What I are you was going to say, and, and, and you're the quote coach. Yeah. There comes a line where you have to, to represent. But but uh, I still, that even that being said, it I just, 
it's all one sided. Was it? I don't know. But yeah, I mean, it but is. But even it, if it even if it is both sided, let's say it was. Yeah. Why are he, you doing choice. it? He made. He, yeah, he made. Bad why choice. are you doing that? Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. he gets this week's. <laughs> uh, jackass of the week. I almost said bonehead of the week. Yeah. So hey, so also, can we talk about the whole duck situation? The duck situation. The the pain people, pain people oh, to keep the sign. Yeah, I thought that was, that was yeah. So I don't know if anyone was watching game, college game day on ESPN on Saturday. They were at Alabama, and if you noticed in the crowd, there was a couple people holding Bo Nix for Heisman signs up. Well, guess and what? Why, yeah, I was just saying, why were they holding those signs up, Billy? Because someone had an ad on Craigslist. Offering to pay people to hold up signs on game day. And what person, what what kind of person is so low class that they would literally pay individuals randomly to put up a Bo Nix sign for Heisman on college game day to be seen in the background of the television? Who, who what organization or person would do such a low class thing, Billy? I don't know, Beach. Well, who did it say? I don't know. Well, you tell me. You're the one that saw the ad. It didn't say who was doing it. Oh, I thought somebody did. I thought it was from the Ducks themselves. I I don't think it had anyone's name. Oh, okay. Okay. I don't think anyone would put their name on that. But still low class. Yeah. Classless. Not even low class. It's just classless. All right, Beach. It's now time for the musical interlude of the week. This week, it is my choice. Yeah. And this week we've got a power ballad by English heavy metal singer Ozzy Osbourne from his sixth studio album, No More Tears, which was released on the 17th of November, 1991. The song features Osbourne on vocals and Zach Wilde on guitar. And Beach, this song's lyrics, Uh do you know who wrote them? I, I'm not even sure of the song because you haven't mentioned it. Song is "Mama, I'm Coming Home." Uh, I I always thought Ozzy wrote all his own lyrics. No, he did not write the lyrics for this song. Um, I have no idea, but I'm intrigued now. His good buddy Lemmy Kilmister of Motorhead ki- wrote him. You're kidding me. Yeah, it's a Lemmy written song. Wow, I wonder if there's a version of Lemmy singing it. So the single is Osborne's only top 40 single on the Billboard Hot 100 chart, peaking at number 28. And his only other top 40 hit was a duet with Lita Ford called Close My Eyes Forever. Oh, yeah, I know that song. Yeah. So, Beach, here is Ozzy Osbourne with Mama, I'm Coming Home. Times are strange, here I come, but I ain't the same. Mama, I'm coming home. Time's gone by, it seems to be. You could have been a better friend to me. 
song beach man 91 was a good year for music it, it was a fantastic year i i feel you know it was the, the 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 grunge was coming on but the heavy metal was still i think at the top of its game yeah it was kind of and, the last uh, hurrah of of rock yeah yeah before, before grunge, grunge yep. took it over and then and and i don't think you you have a couple of standout bands that have come since then but you've never had a, a major major genre comeback of of that uh of that heavy heavy music as far as i'm concerned yep so all right beach next thing i thought we would talk about and this will be a little out of date by the time this comes out but on friday of last week 
Oregon State and Washington State filed a lawsuit against the Pac-12 and Commissioner George Klavikov. Why? Why? So uh, go go into this, and then my my question is: Why did the commissioner? Why is he playing the game? That that's what I want to know. Well, but is, is, he, is he in cahoots with the other director or with the other former directors? Well, so when uh, well, go, yeah, go ahead and explain to the audience here what's going on. In June of 2022, when USC and UCLA announced they would be leaving after the 2023 season, so August of 2024, that they would be joining the Big Ten, they they were immediately removed from the board of directors in the Pac-12. So the Pac-12 has what they call the CEO group, which makes up their board of directors. The CEO group is the leader of each academic institution. So whatever so, they yeah, call them, uh, president, uh, chancellor, whatever. Yeah. So every 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 team has one has representative on the board. On the board, correct. So there's there's when the Pac-12 was whole, there was 12 members of the CEO group on the board of directors, and one of those CEOs was the chairman of the board every year, and it rotated. Mm-hmm. So when USC and UCLA announced they were leaving. They lost their representation on that board automatically. And, and that's stated in the bylaws. That's stated the in the Constitution and the bylaws of the Pac-12. It said that any member institution that leaves between like August 2011 and August 1st, 2024, if they announce that they're leaving, they automatically lose representation on the board of directors. And they lose voting rights on the board of directors. Mm-hmm. Because if you're leaving, you don't get to decide the future of the Pac-12. You're essentially saying, I have no longer have skin in the game. Correct. You, you don't have a voice, and you just have to deal with, if, if you get essentially financially punished for leaving, that's, that's, that's on you because you chose to, le- chose to leave. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. So, so, um, so when those two schools left, they lost their votes. Um, in, earlier in August... When Colorado announced they were leaving, they lost their vote. They automatically mm-hmm. lost their, their their representation. Because they had a meeting after that point where they were not in attendance, correct? Correct. Yeah. Now, a week later, Oregon, Washington, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah all announced they were leaving. Right? Mm-hmm. There was no meetings after that. Then Stanford and Cal announced they were leaving. At that point, um, Klavikov, who's the the, uh, the uh, Pac-12 commissioner, he asked the Pac-12 uh, board chairman to call a board meeting because by the bylaws, the chairman has to call the meeting. Now, so, but he can be asked to, but ultimately it has to be called. It he has, has to, to call. He has chair. to call it. The chairman right now, that position rotates between all the different schools, right? Mm-hmm. Well, right now it just happens to be Kirk Schultz, so, the head of Washington State. So stupid question, and maybe we don't have an answer for this, but let's say, uh, let's say uh, Washington was the, 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 the lead director. 
when they exited, would that directorship and the the lead director should have been moved to a different person? I don't know how the bylaws work because I haven't read them, but I would imagine so. Okay, but just by chance that it just happens to be crucial. Just happens to be that that the 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 lead guy is in a school that's still in the Pac-12. And what Klavikov asked was he didn't ask for a board meeting. He asked for a meeting of all the members so they could go over some business, including employee pay and retention, um, Mm. something else, changing the bylaws, and kind of what they're going to do going forward. Now, Mm -hmm. Schultz then asked him, is this a board meeting? Which they didn't reply for a week. And then when they finally did, they said, well, yeah, kind of. And Schultz said, I don't think that's appropriate to have a board meeting. And then they said, well, we're going to have this other meeting. Klavikov himself scheduled a meeting for September 13th, so for Wednesday. So so essentially because he didn't get Washington State to call the meeting. Because he didn't he get Schultz to call the meeting. He basically tried to. Yeah. He yeah. called his own meeting. And that's when. Oregon, Washington State and Oregon State and their two leaders sued the Pac-12 and George Kavikov, which will have a hearing on Monday at 11 a.m. in Whitman County, eastern Washington, to, to kind of start to sort this out. And, so, and, and just, just a, does a judge then look at the facts so, of the case and, so, and make the decision? So what they're asking for is a declaratory judgment. And basically okay. what that is to do is to figure, is to decide what the relationship is in this legal situation and set it out from there. Okay. And I'm assuming with the fact that they're making the suit that they're pretty confident that it should be in there. Yeah, if you read the bylaws, it looks pretty obvious to me. Yeah, I mean, if if the judge is going to pull something, they've got to pull it out of they they got to do a, a University of Oregon and pull it out of their hind end because it isn't there in black and white. Correct. And what they're what they're really kind of fighting over is the pack the Pac-12 itself. So that consists of all the Pac-12 IP. So the name, um, all the records, all of the yeah you know, photos and videos and all that kind of crap on the history of the Pac-12. And the future revenue. Well, also the, any money that's sitting there in the emergency fund, which I believe is about $42 million. Mm -hmm. Plus the Pac-12 network, which the Pac-12 wholly owns. Mm -hmm. And so that's all the cameras, all that infrastructure, all that production equipment. Mm Mm-hmm plus just the name, the Pac-12, and any money that comes in. Because like with the NCAA tournament, the basketball tournament, that for participation, that money isn't paid out in one lump sum. It's paid out over six years. So that money is still coming in. Essentially, uh, it's coming in for five seasons still then. Yes. Also money payouts for bowl games. Oh, that doesn't come in all at once? That well, that comes into the Pac-12, and then they reimburse the schools for their expenses, Expense. and the rest goes to the Pac-12 and gets distributed among everybody. And when does that money come in? After the bowl games. Okay, with the fact that 
they're still in the Pac-12 up until August, does it mean that this revenue that they're supposed to be getting in per the terms of the agreements will still be paid out while they're members? Well, or hypo- hypothetically speaking, hypothetically, you can vote to change. You can, the directors could if, vote to change the payouts. So they could simply say, we are now going to take all the money. They could vote to say only members that have votes on the board get payouts. Mm-hmm. They could also say only members that have votes on the board can participate in say conference championships. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they could they, vote they, to change they, they anything. Could, they could really be just as big a jerks as the exiting teams have been. Depends on your definition of jerk. Mm-hmm. You could work in your, they could look at their own self-interest just as much as the teams who are leaving the Pac-12 did. Looked out for their own self-interest above everybody else. Yep. Correct. Yep. Yep. Because that's what they did. Correct. They, and again, there's nothing wrong with that. They went and they said, we can get more money elsewhere. And it's like, well, that's fine. But this is this is better for us, and this is yeah. what we're gonna do. Yeah. Yeah. And and the other the other eleven, ten, nine, eight, seven, six, ten, two teams be damned. Yep. As it went down the line. Yep. So now and then also two can pick out their self interest. And I know some people are worried about well that only leaves the Pac-12 with two teams. Per NCAA bylaws, a conference must have eight teams. If you fall below that eight team threshold. You have two seasons to get back above that eight-team threshold. So they've got two seasons after this season. Correct. To get that done. Correct. And in two seasons, there are several leagues whose media rights will be coming up or their schools will not have to pay a penalty to leave. So there's potential that you could create uh, you a could build a good conference out of the ashes of the others. You could build back a Pac-12 conference. Build Correct. Back better. Build back better. That's funny. So and so. Also, if people are worried about the Pac-12 um, kind of getting X'd out of the college football playoff picture. Mm-hmm. The right now, the five, the six automatic. There's, there's, it's going up to twelve teams. Mm-hmm. The six teams that get automatic bids are the mm-hmm. six highest rated conference champions. Okay, and that will, unless they want to change those bylaws, that will stay consistent. To change those bylaws, they need unanimous consent from all the leagues. And one conference won't be voting for that if who? they did. Who? Pac- the Pac-12. Do you know who the representative to the conference football playoff committee is from the Pac-12? No. Kirk Schultz of Washington State. That's awesome. <laughs> so, a lot of this thing I've been saying, the Beavs don't have any leverage, and they really haven't. I mean, through this whole thing, not, from not, the not, original... Not until, not, not until this point. Not until this point have they gotten some leverage. And actually... The best thing for the Beavs and Washington State is when Stanford and Cal left. Because it th- that that opened it up to just those two. Just the two of them. And, and because Stanford and Cal could have made things difficult. Exactly. And Oregon State and Washington State are really in the same boat. Yeah, absolutely. Small small markets, uh, uh, not not national brands. Nope. And um, 
And did you see? Did you see on Saturday? Competitive, competitive athletics but not uh, dominant athletics. Exactly. Did you see on Saturday at game day where they were flying the Washington state flag? Did you see what was flying right beside it? The Oregon state flag. Beaver flag. <laughs> that was awesome. I, that made me so happy. I was like, Oh, that's awesome. So, so hopefully they'll be doing that together throughout the whole season. I hope so. You know, well, well, and you know what, from, from what I'm gathering that I'm seeing on television and news is all of the other people out there who are college football fans are really rooting for our two teams. They're I like, you so. guys got freaking screwed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I I think like with the SEC and all those, they 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 never really thought much of the Pac-12 for the most part. You know, like it's an afterthought. But I think, well, and I think in general, people like to fight for the underdog. And at this point, we are the two biggest underdogs in in the whole uh, in the whole Power Five uh, conferences. Mm-hmm. You know. So it'll be, uh, it'll, it, anyway, it'll be interesting to see what happens on Monday. Uh, yeah. Well, this, this, check, this, will, this will come out hopefully. Tuesday. So you guys already know hopefully what happened, but we'll be finding out tomorrow. Yeah. Hopefully you can text me and tell me, cause I'm, I'm anxious to find out what, what goes. Cause then, I mean, and then, then I'd be like, I'd be scorched earth. I mean, like every dollar goes to split between two schools. <laughs> Whatever dollar we can get, we're gonna take. You you thought that thirty million dollar signing bonus you guys got so good? Well, you're gonna lose. <laughs> yeah. Years, two years worth of revenue after we're done with you. Well, so. and also too, you know, it like I said, it gives the bees some leverage. They could do a a merger with the Mountain West in two years. It and also it also handy. could it also makes them more. Um, could make them more um, attractive to like the big 12 because mm-hmm. they have the PAC 12 network mm-hmm. that they could use. Mm-hmm. And as, you know, as assets to, to, that they could bring to the table. And then if you were to go to the big 12, you could have a division with like an, a conference, an East and a West division. And uh-huh. your West division could be like Washington state, Oregon state, Colorado, Utah, Arizona, Arizona state, mm-hmm. and maybe a couple Texas schools. You know, I a couple of days ago, I was reading one of the articles about it, and it showed a, a, a map of all the conferences across the country. Mm-hmm. And you realize uh, the West Coast is really sparse. Yeah. Universities. And and even going a little bit further east, when you get to the Rocky Mountain regions, I mean, it's just terrible. Yeah. And, and you realize that the Pac-12 conference was actually a good thing in terms of regional setup. Yeah. And you're like, well, how stupid are you people to – to just destroy it because you're never going to get anything close to that again. It, it was really perfect in its layout mm-hmm. and uh, for, for what it was. And, and I'm just like, you know, and like you and I were talking about yesterday, who wants to, who wants to fly and take three, you know, it's one thing when you're making a quick flight down to, to California or up to Seattle or, you know, even Colorado is not too bad. But you you could do these things and make a day a weekend out of it, right? You know, fly in, either go to the game or go to your hotel room, go catch the game the next day, and then fly home. You can make a nice easy trip out of it. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to be flying across the freaking country for all of these games. Even if you wanted to waste your time and do all that kind of stuff, it's going to extend at least an additional day to any of your plans. It's going to be more expensive, probably by like double. And uh, and so, how many fans are they going to lose? You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just, I just think it's, it's sad. Yeah. All right, Beach. Well, we got to get moving here. 
Oh, sorry. It's now time to get into week number three for the Pac-12. Last week of non-conference games for the most part. So the last week of having like 10, 11 games to talk about. All -hmm. these games are going to be on Saturday the 16th. I've got Kyle's email here. Finally. First up, Weber State at Utah. Who you got, Beej? I'm taking Utah. Sure? Yep. All right. Absolutely. Unequivocally. No question in my mind, the little baby goats are going to kick their asses. Kyle says, Utah, cooking with propane. Utah. Because it's like Weber Grills. Oh, okay. But I believe it's pronounced Weber State. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're all taking Utah. Next you up. Can't even, you can't even pronounce the freaking quarterback's name, so why would I trust you? Who's the quarterback at Utah? The quarterback of Oregon State. You pronounce it. I don't have it in front of me. I'm sorry. Idaho at Cal. Who's the hoe? Idaho. So you're taking Idaho? Uh, no. Yeah, I'll take uh, Yeah, I'll take Idaho. Okay. Kyle says Idaho's bus gets vandalized. Cal. I too am taking Cal because he's the vandals. Beach. Gotcha. I see what he did there. That Kyle. Oh, that Kyle. Next up. Washington at Michigan State. Michigan State. Kyle says Washington wins but gets touched in their no-no spot. Mm. Has to do with that Mel Tucker thing and Brenda Tracy. I, too, am going to take Washington. Next up, North Colorado at Washington State. Uh, I'm taking Wazoo, the Cougs. Me too. Kyle says, Northern Colorado feels at home smelling the cow dung, but lose. He said Greeley is smelly. Okay. Greeley is where Northern Colorado is. Okay. Next up, North Carolina Central at UCLA. That sounds uh, sounds like a community college. A little bit, huh? Yeah, but that's probably what bitch tits likes to play. So, you know, for the longest bitch. time, UCLA had never played an FCS school. Hmm. It's not true anymore. Hmm. Um, I will take. Uh, well, I don't want to take. I I think UCLA will win. Kyle says, "No one cares." Central, sure, beat them. No one cares. Bruins. I, too, will take the Bruins. Next up, Hawaii at Oregon. Oh, I would love to see Hawaii beat Oregon. But it's at Oregon. They cheat. Oregon's going to win. I, too, am taking Oregon. Kyle says, aloha is a funny word. It means both hello, hello and goodbye. Well, aloha, Ducks. Ducks win. Next up, Sacramento State at Stanford. Hmm. Kyle says, Stanford squeaks by. I, too, am taking Stanford. 
I'm going to take Sack. Okay. Colorado State at Colorado. I'm going to take primetime. Kyle says, primetime is starting to edge out Ralphie for most exciting thing in Boulder. Buffs win. I, too, am taking Colorado. Colorado State sucks. Fresno Mm -hmm. at Arizona State. Fresno State? Yeah, Fresno State at Arizona State. Um, what'd Kyle say? Kyle says Arizona State holds their own, like Beach on a Saturday night. Arizona so State true, wins. Kyle. That's so true. I too am taking ASU. People, people would be like, Beach, how you doing? I'm like, hold my own. Well, mainly because nobody else will hold it for me. Yeah. Um. Okay, so your guys are taking ASU. I guess I'll take ASU. Okay. Two more to go. Well, actually, one more to go. UTEP at Arizona. And what Kyle say? I started to make a speed and pace picante joke, but then remembered it from San Antonio and not El Paso. Wildcats win. Go bees. So he's picking Arizona? Because remember... Uh, pace is made pace. by... Yeah, Pace is made in San Antonio, mm-hmm. not El Paso. And Speed, uh, Sandra, uh, Sandra, uh, Bullock's Sandra Bullock's character was from Arizona, and he called her Wildcat. Uh-huh. She had yeah, the Arizona yeah. shirt on. Yeah, yeah. So, Who you got? okay. Who you got? Uh, I'll pick Arizona. I too am taking Arizona, and so is Kyle. Okay. Okay. And then last up, Beach. Beeves. San Diego State at Oregon State. What do you think? I think the Beeves are going to dominate. I think we're going to look good. I hope we don't get cocky. I hope we stay close to home. Uh, We continue to improve so that when we start playing conference play the week after against Wazoo, uh, we can prove who's going to win the Tupac. Correct. Yeah. 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 I, I, yep. I think they just need to keep keep everybody focused on the goal at hand. Mm-hmm. I think they've got lots of goals this year, some big ones down the line. Mm-hmm. And just keep moving in that direction. Yeah. Just keep moving in that direction. Yeah. My my biggest always concern is when you play a lot of these weak teams early that you start thinking that you're better than you are. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't want to see us do that. I want to see them, again, focus on the fundamentals, play a good game, and realize that this is all building up for what is going to be an outstanding Pac-12 conference schedule. This I year. agree. I agree. It's looking good. It's looking like it's going to be tough. Yeah. Looking like it's going to be tough. Um, and Beach Tailgate. Yes. It's a 12-30 game. 12-30 game. So – uh, means we'll be going to 11:30. We were trying to think of something, so I think what we're going to end up doing is like breakfast burritos slash breakfast bowls. Yep. So, uh, I'll get yes, some. Spam, I'll get some tor- eggs. I'll get some tortillas, but we'll mm-hmm. also have like um, tater tots. 
mm-hmm. that you can throw in the tortilla or use the base as a bowl. And kind of, then kind of like a hash, like, like a hash brown, like a hash brown potato. Yeah. And so we'll do scrambled eggs. I'm thinking bacon, chorizo. I'm going to have cheese, cheese sauce. Any, any link sausages? I don't know, Beach, because that means I have to cut those up. Okay. Yeah. Do you understand that? Yeah, no, the chorizos would be good. Yeah. Um, so cheese sauce, um, country gravy. I was also thinking about getting some of those deep fried steak bites. Mm-hmm. Because I figured those would be good over the over the um, tater tots with some gravy. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Like and a protein then, bowl. Yeah, and then some salsa. Mm-hmm. And uh, taco sour sauce, cream. sour cream, guacamole, all that kind of crap. Mm-hmm. No, I'm excited. How's that today. sound? Sound good? Sounds fantastic. I was though. also going to get some orange juice and maybe some vodka or champagne for mimosas or screwdrivers. Yeah, I, I heard that mimosas need to be on the uh, yeah on the menu is what I've I heard from people on Saturday. Yeah, I was going to grab a couple bottles of champagne, um, vodka, orange juice, and then also stuff for Bloody Marys. So the vodka could go for screwdrivers or Bloody Marys. Sounds awesome. Sounds good. And we'll be going early. I figure we'll have food ready by about 7, 30, 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then people can come up and just dish up as they go. And, Beach, I have to say, this last tailgate was great. No, it went well. We did, what would you say, 104? 108? No, it was 108 sandwiches. Because oh, okay. there were some without buns. Okay. So, it's a good day. Yeah, it was a great day. Yeah. You know, amazing. You know, I remember when we'd only have maybe 20, 30, or 40 people show up, you know? Yeah. And and now for again first game of the season, non-conference, and uh, and we get over a hundred people to show up. Pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. It was great. So, so yeah, anyway, good time. I, I think people came out and had a great time, and like I said, yeah. it was just pretty dang awesome. Weather, weather was weather was a little a little warm, but not too bad. Yeah, had had plenty of water in the coolers. That helped. Yeah. So. Uh, no, it's a it's a great day. Getting a little worried if we're going to be able to use the same spot next week with the way that construction's going on, but I guess we'll find out on Saturday. Well, we'll find out during the week because I'll keep my eyes on it. Kind of, kind, kind of like uh, like Tupac. All eyes on me. Anyway, that's my, my Tupac. Wasn't very good. Well, I'm sorry. I I was, yeah, not very good. All right, anything else, Peach? No, I got nothing. All right. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to show number 202 of Illegal Participation. If you'd like to comment, send a suggestion, or ask a question, there are a few ways to get in touch with us. HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com, at HeinrichTailgator on X, or HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. Remember, listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Remember to leave a rating and review. Beach. Billy. I look forward to Saturday. I don't know if I do. You kind of an ass. Yeah. I called worse by better. All right. Until then, here's a great big go beeves. Your time, but every
Edward said. Are you there? Yep, just making sure we're recording. Are we recording? Because don't have a don't we're, have an issue. We're recording. Sweet. Did you have the halibut? To, oh no, you had the steak. How was the halibut? It looked really good. I didn't. I don't know. I didn't try it. All right. <laughs> You're such a dick. Hey, I was, I was, I was thinking, uh, cause I'm, I'm trying to figure out ways where we can make things a little bit tidier. So like I was saying, you know, if we could put like the Verde salsa, something that's smoother in a bottle, but then I was also thinking, uh, you know, sometimes they do that avocado, don't they do like an avocado cream sauce? Yeah. Yeah. That might be kind of neat to put in a, in a squirt bottle. You're going to make it. I'll nope, bring the squirt bottle. Nope. I'll bring the squirt it. bottle. I'm the idea guy. You're the pain in the ass guy. I'm the idea guy. That's what I'm here for. I'm the Iron Man. I finance shit. You're 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 the Captain America. You execute. All right. Well, I will look to see what I can do. Okay. Okay. Just just a thought. I just because like I said, I get when we do the things where we're really heavy salsa and sauce and all the little things, mm-hmm. it just gets really nasty, you know, about halfway through, and it's it's impossible to keep it tidy. I understand. And I just like it. To keep things a little bit tidier. You mean the counter, the table? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because people are messy. Yeah, yeah. And then again, also, all of those little things take up so much space. Yeah. You know, and yeah, so I think the more we can put into squirt bottles uh, to make it just convenient. Yep. Uh, for that. So. All right. I'll see what I can do. Okay. All right. I'll talk to you later. Later, Beach. Bye. I like beer.